Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellard from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Keith Hammond. Keith, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. No, I appreciate the invite. That's awesome seeing you again here at Prosper. And yeah, a lot of a lot of, a lot of energy here, and it's, it's a busy year. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> this is another podcast that we're recording at Prosper, which is a ton of fun that we get to sit down and talk in person. Keith, you and I have been connected on LinkedIn for quite a while. I love the content that you put out, and so... Uh, yeah, get to see you at multiple conferences, but it's really fun to connect and kind of pick your brain on different thoughts. For those who aren't familiar with you, maybe you want to give a quick intro? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a director of marketplaces for Maiden. So maidencookware.com is the web store. So basically, I was brought on to launch their Amazon channel. They are a traditional D2C brand um, that's kind of expanding to more of an omnipresence. So we've been on Amazon for a little over a year, just expanded to Walmart late last year as well. So I manage everything myself, including the search and advertising catalog. Just recently expanded my team. And then, yeah, it's kind of a, a overview, quick overview. Yeah. yeah. And so I love it. And the perspective that you bring working on the brand side too and implementing like Amazon advertising strategies. So as you're initially getting into the Amazon side, like, how do you even approach that? Where do you start? Like, what was the key focus from the beginning for you? Well, so when you work for a brand, especially a larger brand, brand guidelines and really where the brand is headed kind of dictates the strategy. Like, there's obvious things you can do on Amazon for optimization, but you don't always have that when you're dealing with brand guidelines or... Uh, kind of following a, an overall roadmap. A good example, so in the keynote today, they were talking a lot about pricing. Um, so, you know, pricing for myself, uh, I, I'm not really uh, flexible on that. <laughs> you don't have that flexibility. No, so whatever the brand wants to set pricing on, now obviously I can provide my guidance and like where we need to be at based on like other sellers and what the category is as, as a whole. But when you work for the brand side, you kind of have to make do with what you have. And you don't always have all those optimization levers that a smaller brand or a reseller might even have. Sure, sure. Yeah, so when you're looking at different products, instead of having that those creative aspects that you can add in and kind of tie into the branding strategy, <laughs> Here's our brand guidelines. Yes. Here's the pricing. These, these are the colors. Here's the products. Here's the colors. Yep. <laughs> and yep. now you go sell them. <laughs> yes, that's, that's basically correct. Here are the fonts. Here are the colors. Here's the creative content. Now, um, there is some flexibility on the creative content because obviously, you know, marketing on Amazon is a lot more infographics focused versus, versus a, a website. I guess a little bit of flexibility there, but you still have to fall within brand guidelines. Sure, sure. So as you're building up the storefront overall for Maiden, uh, did you just focus on specific products starting or did you start with the full catalog? Like, how, how did you approach that? So what I did, I brought on the full catalog. So Maiden, you know, I was fortunate. Maiden has a lot of brand equity. They run a lot of TV, linear TV ads. It's a very solid brand. It, it's awesome. So what I did is full catalog first, and I kind of figured out what that branded run rate was. Sure. So I did that for the first few months and said, okay, all right, my branded daily run rate is X. This is what my branded ROAS is. This is what my branded total ROAS is. If we want to get to Y on revenue, how much incremental new to brand customers do I need to add sure. in at what ROAS in, in CAC really? Yeah, that's awesome. 
And what takeaways did you have from traditional advertising? You know, taking an established brand that's more in brick and mortar stores or just has more traditional advertising. Were there any key takeaways that you could take and then apply to the digital side as you were starting to build up your strategies for Amazon? Yeah, so Maiden wasn't in retail yet. Basically, they're a digitally native brand with, with just okay. the website when I started. Sure. But you can correlate, uh, especially with search query performance, sure. uh, like what total marketing spend is for a brand to what Amazon searches were. So like when I initially launched the full catalog and said, okay, like here's my branded run rate, yeah. I could take, okay, here's what they're doing overall marketing spend. This is equal to X number of searches. And then I'm driving this amount of order value per search. Sure. So like as long as those remain constant, I could forecast accurately and then kind of say, okay, like another thing for brand side, you got to think inventory, especially for a large brand. So yeah, I could forecast like, here's what we're going to do branded for the entire year. Yeah, Let's add on Y, which is new to brand customers and go from there. Was there any major differences getting into Amazon and how you communicate that to say like the management of the company? Was there any major hurdles that you had to get over or was it pretty easy to translate previous efforts into what you were trying to implement on the Amazon side? Yeah, so fortunately we have a full in-house creative team. So like when I was putting on the full catalog, I could literally, I launched it within one week. Okay. I, I reused assets. It wasn't Amazon optimized, you know, because of infographics and A plus content, but I was able to get the full catalog on there. And yeah, no, eventually, you know, once I kind of figured that out, I was able to kind of pull the optimization levers I could as far as like conversion rate optimization with content and copy. Sure. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. And so when you were starting to implement advertising, kind of walk me through like key strategies. Like, did you start with all the different ad types? Like what, what's been working for you? How did you kind of approach that starting from scratch? Yeah, so really I focused on, you know, I'm a huge believer in the 80-20 rule. So I focused on our core SKUs and where I knew the category was a lot of opportunity. Sure. Basically, I the way I build campaigns, I don't build them all at once. So if I have a, a budget of you know this amount per month, whatever that is, I will do incremental campaigns sure. and say like, okay, every every day I'm going to add on five campaigns, or every week I'm going to add on twenty campaigns, whatever it is for the advertising strategy. Yeah, um, I'm a believer in slow but steady sure. to do the attribution window being, you know, seven or 14 days, whatever ad type you're doing. I've seen a lot of people where they, they'll build out 500 campaigns at once and then realize like, oh, we have a 1.5 ROAS and they're trying to adjust all 500. Whereas if like a slow and steady, it's yeah. Okay. Like it's so if, hard to correct when it's that expansive. Sure. It's like a, I always tell people Amazon's like, it's like a ship and you're steering the ship based on where you were two days ago. Sure. <laughs> you don't have a clue where you are now. I, I love that analogy. But you're 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 trying to miss the icebergs based on where you're at two days ago. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and I, I love those points. And so, I mean, when we were at the workshop, so I led a workshop yesterday. Oh, I was cool. advertising workshop. And one of the key questions is, um, do you have to start with all your products or can you start with your key hero products? And my viewpoint was, all right, if you're not advertising at all, like start with the main ones and then build that out as you go. Yeah. And I, I agree with your approach too. I, especially if you don't have the, the tools and the different pieces in place to like set up the full structure at once and be able to manage it. Like 
start smaller as you go, learn from that and build upon those successes. And so I feel like really building out that solid foundation. Then you're talking about like adding incremental campaigns and incremental strategies on top of that. I feel like it's such a great approach because you can learn quickly, you can iterate quickly. Um, But at the same time, if you start with everything, you Mm -hmm. can spread yourself too thin and the learning can be harder just because you're not as focused from the start. Yeah, scaling up uh, slowly with a slow build, you know, I always say if you can increase your spin without diminishing ROAS, you've succeeded. Sure. And that is super hard to do with that full campaign build out all at once versus a slow, you know, whatever your ROAS goal is, keep it baseline, keep it steady. Yeah. Build up to where you want to be and then go, okay, well, we've we've built without diminishing ROAS. Let's focus on efficiencies now. Yeah. Keep spin level and, you know, raise ROAS. Yeah. So for a brand like yours too, I can imagine there could be a lot of like cross-sale opportunities to help increase that lifetime value. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of walk through, are there any like strategies that you've used or seen, or is it just the general branding? How do you kind of approach that once you bring people into the brand? Yeah. So I've, as when I finally scaled advertising, so, you know, I focused on my core SKUs. I still have my core SKUs. But I started leaning more into, so I know my percentages of repeat customers down to the ASIN level. Sure. So if I have an item and CAC's the same across two SKUs and one has a 10% repeat purchase value, one has a 25%, I'm probably going to lean on the 25% yeah. if that next purchase is makes sense. So like, sure. if that 25%, they're coming back and buying a $5 item or a $10 item. Sure. It's different than the 10%. <laughs> You're taking where, it into account come. of the whole lifetime value. Sure. Right? Yep, if I get a repeat purchase, but it's a spoon instead of a nice expensive pot. <laughs> yeah, and in traditional D2C, this would be a cohort analysis, yeah, uh, yeah. which is not used as much on, on Amazon space, but yeah. Sure. Have there been any new features or updates? I know you're highly tuned into like the Amazon space as a whole and the digital marketing space. Has there been any like new features that you've had some success with or that get you excited on the platform? Probably search query performance. I mean, we all thought we knew what search volume was based on whatever tool stack you had. Sure. Uh, S, you know, SQP really validated that. And, you know, if you were using whatever keyword research tool and you thought it was 20,000 a month searches and in reality it's 15,000 a month. Sure. That 25% difference can make or break a brand, especially when it comes to inventory. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, so is it inventory planning? Is it incorporating into the advertising strategy for like the search query performance report? Like how how are you utilizing that or putting that into action? Uh, So I measure it against overall marketing spend for the company and it, it really helps them as well because, you know, we have a baseline of basically revenue per search. And so if we're at a certain volume and that drops, I can go basically to the performance marketing team and be like, hey, did, did something change? And they can say, yes, it did. Or maybe we would change strategies. Or sure. I'm like, well, this this is the results. You know, this doesn't affect you per, as much. But, you yeah. Know. How much do you pay attention to what the competition is doing? I know some people will really focus on the core strategies and focus on what they're doing. There's many other people who focus on like, here's what my competition is spending or here's the market share percentages mm-hmm. that I'm getting. Like, how much is it more internally focused on what you're doing versus like externally focused and watching the competition? So when it comes to like 
the creative content or what they're doing for ads, to be honest, I try and ignore all of that. Like I keep an, I keep up to date of like product launches and what products they have. Sure. A lot of people really focus on like competitors, creative content and thinking like, oh, they, you know, they know what's working for optimization. Like sure. let's copy them. I ignore all that. I look at basically market share. Yeah. And I try and look at market share on, so we sell premium premium cookware, premium prices. Yeah. I don't care what the $15 pan guys are doing or like what their market share is. Sure. I, I care about people who are our lateral product that's going to be premium price, same material, same style. Yeah. And like what percentage of market share do they have of that particular niche? Sure. How do you feel like you have the premium products, you have mm -hmm. better margins because of that. How do you feel like that impacts your advertising strategy versus a lower price product? You know, are there differences that you can implement? Is it more focused on branding and saying more budget towards sponsored brands or upper funnel than you typically see? Like, how do you feel like that changes the overall ad mix? So I still stick primarily to lower funnel. I keep sponsored brands and sponsored display a percentage, sure. a fixed percentage of overall budget. Yeah. Um, same with DSP. Fortunately for us, the cookware space is a huge category and I haven't really seen diminishing returns or areas, I guess, where we're, I guess to summarize, where we're maxed out in market share. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. still, because we've only been on Amazon for a year, there's still plenty of growth. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't got to that point yet. But, you know, when we do start to kind of maximize like our growth curve, it really be maintaining, if, you know, market share and then looking at opportunities of like product expansion. Sure. Um, and that's a whole different hat. Yeah. Yeah. So are those some of the core KPIs? Like, so you go in for the year review and we're trying to determine if Keith did a really good yeah. job. Like, what's the main things that you're outlining or that management's really looking for from you? Like, what, what's the major KPIs you like to focus on? For a brand side, I mean, top line, top line goals, bottom line goals. Sure. And then kind of the random goals they throw at you, um, testing new products, you know, expanding market share. Yeah, but that's awesome. So what's your thoughts on, I, I know you said you focus more on the lower funnel strategies um, with the higher price products and potentially cross sales and everything like that. I definitely see that there's opportunity to go more upper funnel. Is it just because you currently have lower funnel? You still have a ton of opportunity there. Is it, are you not seeing the returns and it's diminishing returns as you go more upper funnel? Like what, what's your thoughts and your approach there? So we haven't maxed out our lower funnel. Okay. Um, so I, I am a believer in upper funnel. Like I, I see the value in it, but to me, nothing's going to be better or okay the best thing you can fill the funnel with is lower funnel yeah and if you're not maximizing that out sure there's no reason to throw in upper funnel customers yep totally agree i love that and so if you have not maxed out lower funnel like for those listening like that's the spot to focus on <laughs> that's the foundation and once you once you've got that nailed mm -hmm. like, or you've fully maxed out that the your lower funnel advertising, then at that point you can start to work your way up, but there's no need to go up because there's diminishing returns as you get broader and broader. Yeah. yeah. It, and search has so many ad types and targeting types. Like a lot of times you think like, well, I'm kind of maxed out here, but you can build laterally sure. uh, where that's category targeting, category targeting based on price, reviews, you know, whether it's FBA or not. 
So a lot of times you think you're maxed out and you need to step back and look and go, I really haven't done all targeting types and can actually build this out laterally, Yeah. you know, continuously. Yeah. Hey, have you done any outside traffic sources or just because you haven't even fully maximized lower funnel, just focus more on Amazon? I, I'm still in the meeting Amazon demand phase. Yeah. So once, once that... Once I, I build out everything laterally and have truly maximized lower funnel, I'll, I'll start looking at more upper funnel. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a fun spot to be in. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been good. Yeah. So are there any key takeaways that you're getting? I, I know you're highly tuned into the, the industry as a whole and being at Prosper too. Like any general trends that you're seeing from other Amazon sellers or are there any key themes that you're picking out from the conference? It seems to be profitability. Uh, so the keynote speaker was, have, have, was a heavily uh, profitability focused speech. Sure. Uh, it seems like everyone here, most of the vendors and, and service providers are a lot of profitability, a lot of reporting. Yeah. I just didn't see that in years prior. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In years prior, there was a lot of top line sales growth. There was a lot of money yeah. flowing into the space. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. The aggregators uh, coming in. It was, it was a lot of top line and I've seen that change too. We even saw that for the trends that we had uh, going into the advertising workshop, where oh, wow. it was really focused on margin. Like ACOS is too high, competition is too complex, like struggling with budget allocation and where to allocate advertising budget as a whole. And so that was interesting for me too, because a lot of these pieces are focusing on margin and how do you most effectively utilize your advertising spend and in general, maximize profitability as costs keep going up and Amazon fees keep growing. It's getting to be a challenge. So are you seeing brands you work with? Are they asking that question more of like unit economics by skew? And Yeah. Yep. So we're definitely seeing that where there is a very prime focus on making sure that we're utilizing our advertising to the, the best extent. And it goes past just looking at ACOS or ROAS. Mm. Um, and the key thing, the key reason why we advertise is to try to make a sale that we wouldn't have made without advertising. Sure. And so where the intuition really gets involved is like, okay, for, for example, if I'm doing a brand defense campaign and I'm defending my own brand, well, how much is that ad potentially cannibalizing organic sales that would have come through already? Yeah. And while my ROAS could look good from that campaign, is it truly adding overall performance or not? And so it's kind of taking it to that next level where it's not just focused on specific KPIs, but per general strategy is like, is my advertising truly achieving my goals? And it's a more complex question than just looking at, you know, specific numbers like ACOS or ROAS. That, that is a great point. Like if you're advertising your hero skews under your own branded searches, you're just upping your ad, ad attributed percentage yeah. significantly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can make the advertising metrics look really good. And this is like, like if we're talking about Amazon DSP, I hear this quite a bit and I know you're highly tuned into it. Like yeah. if I do retargeting with view-based attribution, I can make my ROAS look really good for Amazon DSP, but at the same time, did that spend truly have an impact or not? Yeah. That's a much deeper question to ask and you have to take into account the strategies and how the audiences tie in and lots of other things too. <laughs> and so I, I, I feel like that's where the conversation's going um, in terms of margin, but it all ties back to, to profitability. So I'm glad you brought up DSP. I've talked to a lot of brands on that and uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that's view-based attribu attribution. Yeah. And I'm like, that 60 to 1 ROAS is not 
that's not true. <laughs> that's, um, yeah. It's a lot of sponsored display campaigns of view attribution as well. For sure. And it's like, well, yeah, it, you know, anything over 10 ROAS is, is questionable whether that's true. Yeah. Yep. So if you had to go, if you had to expand to other channels outside of Amazon, mm -hmm. are, are there other areas that you would focus on? Is it DSP that's next to invest in as you continue to grow and build out that base? Like, where, where do you see yourself going as you continue to build out your funnel? Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll answer that, but in kind of a different way. Yeah. So Walmart's here. I don't know if you can see him in the background. Yeah, <laughs> but right behind Keith. You mentioned channels, and it's not, not the same, but if I was... If I was a brand expanding and I was on Amazon, I'd probably go Walmart because they're making a huge effort and they're spending a lot of, they're recruiting sellers right now. Sure. And then as far as like channels of like growing a brand on Amazon, it, it would be DSP, but you have to have the tools and the know-how to understand like, is that view-based attribution truly growing the brand sure. or are we just throwing money into the wind? Sure. Yep. And it's a great question. Yeah. And have you... Have you been able to tap into any tools like Amazon Marketing Cloud or like new to brand? Is that an item that you guys track? Like, how do you view that? Yeah, we have. Um, but, you know, I've kind of, there, there's value in those, but it's still for me because of the lower funnel portion. Like sure. I'm just putting that to the side and more focusing on, okay, like let's, let's get search up. Sure. And then, I love that. Building the foundation first. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, and even with those reports too, you can take the numbers, but then there's the analysis that goes behind it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Keith, this has been really awesome. I, I love digging into this, and it's really fun talking to you in person. Yeah. No, I appreciate you having me here. It's yeah. Good. So, for people who want to find out more about you or your brand, where, where should they go? So, for the brand, just madeincookware.com, or just visit the storefront on Amazon, and then for myself, just Keith Heyman uh, at LinkedIn. Yeah, definitely connect with Keith. He puts out a lot of great content. Has a lot of great insights. Sites. I've been following along with you for cool. quite a while. Appreciate and it's been it. really cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, thanks again for joining, Keith. And for those who are listening to the, the podcast, we really appreciate you listening as always. And we'll see you on the next episode.